Hey, welcome City Life Church. We're so glad that you have decided to join us for another Saturday. We have a little bit of a different format. Mm -hmm. So we're welcoming Amy Kimball. Her and her family have been uh, longtime members here at City Life Church. We are not actually at church tonight because we are all over at the Aqueducts community, uh, a neighborhood that we have adopted that we are going to show up on site on the fifth Saturday of every month. But we realized, hey, we have an online church family that, uh, that we need to stop leaving behind when we're not at home. And, uh, and so we wanted to create a church experience for you this Saturday. And part of that, obviously, is spending some time in God's Word. And so I have invited Amy, who is a student getting her Master's of Divinity. Yes. <laughs> Recently took a uh, homiletics class. As part of that, she had to preach a couple of sermons. One of them uh, challenged my own heart. So I was like, mm-hmm. Amy, you've got to come in. Let's do an interview and let's dig into this text a little bit. And so um, why don't you say hello? Yeah. And uh, and maybe just say something about why you've stuck around City Life for so long <laughs> and it. what it means to you. Yeah, that'll be easy. <laughs> uh, well, hello and thank you so much for having me yes. here um, tonight. I, my family and I have been a part of City Life since 2013. We found the church as soon as we moved here with the Air Force, and we knew it was home right away. I think part of what keeps City Life our home after all these years is the authenticity we have found, not just in the teaching, but in the relationships with people. Um, Well, and obviously the teaching is really good and it's important, um, but we have felt like we are part of the family yeah. from the first hello. And um, we've grown together with people in this church. And um, it's just really hard to, to think about a season where that might not be the case. And so yeah. um, we're just we're deeply rooted here with the relationships that we have. That's good. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. So that's a good segue. Yeah. Because speaking of relationships, yeah. sometimes we have relationships where there are people who are hard to love. Yeah. Which we, is going to be our topic tonight. Yeah, we got to love the hard to love. We got to love the hard to love. So if yeah. that causes a little stir in your heart like it did to mine, then this is going to be for you. Even if you're not in a season where you are facing a situation where there's someone that it's difficult for you to love, I bet you know someone who is. For and sure. so the teaching tonight is going to either be for you or it's going to be for you to share with someone else. Absolutely. So I'm going to, I want to start by reading the text that yep. you shared when I heard you preach the sermon. Mm-hmm. It's Romans 12, 17 to 21. So verse 17 says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge and I will pay them back, says the Lord. Verse 20 Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Well, wow, that's a lot of challenging commands. For sure. Right? There's he's a lot not in making there. suggestions. No, they're commands. So, yeah, we so, have to. So when 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 I heard you preach this sermon, you you spent some time talking about why we're supposed to love the hard to love. Yeah. We're going to get to the how in, in, in a few minutes, but let's spend some time talking. Maybe you could share some of that that you shared in that sure. message. The, if, if someone were to say why, 
We, we know he says do it, right? But but what's the why behind it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important to answer the why. Um, my little kids also think it's really important yes. to have the why answer. Yes. And so I was really convicted um, when when writing this message, just that we don't know, we're not going to be convicted to do something unless we know the reason why That's we good. have to do it. Often when I'm talking to my kids, they want to know why I'm asking them to do something. So I really dug into what Paul was trying to say about why we are supposed to love the hard to love. And the first reason I have is really simple, but it's really profound. Yeah. We have to love the hard to love because God loves you even when you're hard to love. That's so good. God loves you because you're hard to love right. and in spite of you being hard to love. And he's been good to you even when you weren't good to him. Yeah. And there's a word, a Christian word, a biblical word we use called mercy mm-hmm. for that kind of love. And that kind of love is um, something that's given to us that's not owed to us. We didn't do anything mm. to earn it, but God gives it to us anyways. Um, and and mercy is, is kind of like this. I was explaining this to my, my little girls um, in our homeschool lesson. It's like if you were to draw a permanent marker heart on a piece of paper towel, and then inside that heart you wrote down every ugly thing about yourself, and then you dip that paper towel in a bowl of water and you pull it back up, Oh, you write down, I should have added, you write down those ugly things in washable marker. Right. And so when you dip that that paper towel in a bowl and you pull it back up, wow. the heart is clean. Yes. The heart is still there, but it's clean. And this is what Jesus did for you on the cross. Mm. You know, he cleans your heart, not because you did anything to earn it, but because he loves you so much. And even though really what you deserved was punishment and maybe humiliation um, and eternal consequences, Jesus wiped all of that away with his mercy. And so we need to love the hard to love because we are hard to love and God yeah. loves us anyway. So, so when, when, you, when you talk about this word mercy that's all throughout scripture, right? Yeah. So when, when, when I say, I don't want to love that person that's hard to love because they don't deserve it. They haven't earned it. Maybe they've harmed me or hurt me in in, in some way. Absolutely. If, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying, hey, the love that I receive from God, I'm not entitled to that right. either. I don't deserve it. Because yeah. sometimes I think as, as Christians, right, we think because I'm God's child, right. I, I'm entitled to his love. Yeah. Right. I've I've right. earned it. Right. But no. But but the answer is no. No, you haven't I'm, done anything. I, to I haven't earn done it. anything to earn yeah. it. Yeah. Jesus did everything to right. earn it. And I think an important thing to preface this conversation with is loving the hard to love or extending mercy to somebody does not mean you're letting them off the hook for the pain that they've caused you. That's good. Um, Often people are so um, careful to to give mercy and grace towards people who have hurt them or are just difficult and irritable and uh, for whatever reason it is because they're afraid that... um, that that person, well, they just think that person doesn't deserve it, right? right. And um, that they're you're letting them off the hook for what they've done. And that's yeah. not what this is about. Yeah. Um, it's not let, letting them off the hook. But what it is, is reflecting the love that God has given you. Um, and like we've said, and we're going to dig into that a little bit. Paul's not saying that's a choice that we have as Christians. Yeah. It's actually something that we're commanded to do. That's good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's not saying that we have to make ourselves vulnerable to them to be mistreated right. again in the future, Correct. which is important, especially for people in abusive situations, Absolutely. right? Yep. He's, he's defining loving the hard to love a little bit by um, um, narrowing in on not giving revenge. Right. So part of his idea of loving the hard to love seems to be a lot about 
not doing some things correct in addition to yeah. what we are supposed to do and that's exactly what we'll go next into verse 19 he says do not take revenge my dear friends but leave room for god's wrath you know we need to walk away hmm. from from the feelings and the impulses that we might have to inflict more punishment or harm or even just withhold our forgiveness yeah um because god says he's going to repay evil for evil and, you know, leaving room for God's wrath really requires mm. us to actually make room for that and yeah. step aside and get it's out of so the way good. and to be quiet, you know, hush your mouth yeah. and, and not try to get the last word in. Yeah. We're often so afraid that, that again, that person will not be get what they deserve. Right. And so we make our words the, the full weight of everything that they deserve and that we think we can come up with the most creative way, the most full and complete way to punish somebody for how they've hurt us. And Paul's saying, hey, listen, you actually have to leave room for God's wrath. You're actually not supposed to take revenge because God's wrath is sufficient and full and complete. Right. And what makes us think that we know better and more than God? No, it's right? good. What makes us think that we are more creative than he is for how that person might experience a consequence for their sin? Yeah, some, sometimes, right, that, that idea, and I love that phrase. I put that in my notes when I first heard you preach the sermon about leaving room for God's wrath. Yeah. I, I think sometimes, even speaking from my own journey, is... is I I want vengeance yep. because I want them to hurt because I hurt. Absolutely. Which which is never good. Right. right. That's unhealthy. Yeah. But sometimes we want to take action because of what you said. We want justice. Yeah. And that's that's a noble desire. Right. We we want them to suffer the consequence that they sh- that they should suffer. Right. Uh, so I, I like your your observation that. God is the one who's capable right. of bringing what's necessary to the moment. Right. And if we fill that moment with our idea, right. sometimes we take up the space yeah. that God would have filled otherwise. Right. right. Um, you know, our culture is a culture that insists that the guilty will pay. We, yes. we Our government operates off of a court system, right? Right. And so the guilty are going to go to court and there will be a jury and there will be a judge that's going to decide their fate, you know. And so we kind of take that on into our own personal relationships Mm. and become the judge of how things should go. Um, An author that I really respect who really kind of helped me work through this kind of idea of holding on to an offense and figuring out a way to deal with it myself. His name is John Bevere. And he says, um, you know, holding on to an offense of unforgiveness is like holding that debt against that person. And so when one person is wronged by another, he believes that debt is owed him. Like, Hmm. I can't let you go until you give me what I deserve. And yet that might be even just... I can't, I can't forgive you. I can't leave room for God to handle this until you give me what I deserve. Right. Might be an apology, might be a, an actual re- real debt that needs to right. be paid Restitution back. in some kind. Might be restitution, right. You know, or it might be actually seeing that person experience something in the, in the law system, like a consequence, like going to jail right. or paying a fine or whatever it is, you know. And so holding on to that offense means you're kind of expecting a payment back um, in, of some sort. And, and John Bevere is saying, and Paul is saying, you know, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're, our job is not to avenge the guilty ourselves. And 
really, if you contrast what's done to you, what you, what was done to you with God, with what you've been forgiven of, you know, there's no comparison. You know, for for all the things that you've done. By the way, we're not perfect, right? Right. right. <laughs> I am not perfect. Sure. And I have struggled with this loving the hard to love idea so many times in my life. Um, but if I compare all those times where I have withheld forgiveness, you right. know, to the to the gracious love of God to forgive me, even when right. I was living in that darkness, you know, and I, I might feel cheated by somebody. You haven't given me what I deserve. You know, when I live in that place of offense and unforgiveness, I'm really losing the whole concept of mercy. Right. You know, well, I don't understand. I, I'm really losing the idea and have forgotten the mercy that was extended to me. And if we're supposed to live like Christ, when he extends mercy to us, he does it not just for us, but for the kingdom of God. That's good. Right? It's supposed to ripple back out. Yes. It's not just supposed to be held here. And honestly, it's an abuse of the gift of mercy when I receive it and then I don't extend it back. Yeah, the world, in some ways, we could say is supposed to learn what mercy looks like by observing the life of Christians. Mm -hmm. Right. They, 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 yeah. it might, the first time they learn about mercy might not be because they read a Bible. Right. It should be they should read our actions. That's right. right? Yeah. And, and then maybe we could pause and say, for people that are watching, if, if we had a scale of egregiousness of offense yeah. where this one would be uh, criminal trauma, yeah. right, that is horrific in nature. And, and then on this end, the opposite end of the scale, we would say, you know, someone was insensitive to a preference we have, yeah. right? We're, we're acknowledging these are different things. There's, there's a scale of offense. And that God's not saying you have to have affection for a person right. who has abused you or traumatized you. And we're also not saying that loving the unlovable means that you should forego wanting uh, a, a a legal process to play out for right. people to be held accountable, right? right? right. Uh, I appreciate that you acknowledge that. We're talking really about the nature of relationships between people. Yes. And really looking more on the side of resolving conflicts that are resolvable, where there has been offense yes. that is um, reconcilable. Yes. Maybe we, we could say yeah. that. We, we, we don't think Paul is saying to us, Again, put yourself at risk right. to let people harm you. What, what he's saying not. is live at peace whenever possible. Yes. Even if that means, as you say, keep your mouth shut, yeah. swallow your pride, yep. uh, even doing good deeds for people that yep. um, um, have offended you well, or now betrayed you're just you. Jumping in some way. Into <laughs> All right, good. Where we're gonna That's go what next. we're doing. That's what we're doing here. I just wanted to say in one, step. You know, one more thing that for why we need to, to love the hard to love. It's because God wants so much more and better for you than for you to live mm, in that offense any come longer. On. For That's one day good. longer. You know, and um, he wants us to demonstrate his character. And that sometimes means, and we're going to get into that, is doing the exact opposite of what feels natural. Yeah. And you kind of alluded to that. T- talk about that a little bit, because that's yeah. really good, Amy. So so when we say don't step in and act in a vengeful way because you need to leave room for the, the for God's wrath. Yeah. If I'm hearing you right, you're saying not only do you need to make room out here for God's wrath, you need to make room in here. Right. For, yeah. So if I'm holding on to offense, if I'm holding on to unforgiveness, that's taking up space yes. also yes. in my heart. Yes. Talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I can just speak to that personally. In, a, in times where I have felt an offense with somebody, it literally consumes every mm. thought I have, yes. um, all of my energy, and um, concentration and focus. Yeah. 
because none of us think we're OCD until we're offended. Right. right? Yeah, because you can't let it go. You can't let it go. You just you yeah. perseverate on that, mm -hmm. and you and you then you start to as you perseverate come up with your own wrathful ways yeah. to avenge that person. Yeah. Um, and that's not what God wants yeah, for you. He wants good. freedom for you. He wants you to take those thoughts captive yeah. and give them back to him. Um, when we live in that, that spirit of offense and we let that fester mm. in our hearts, we really are shorting ourselves of so much else that God has for us. Yeah. Um, I could be missing out on simple day-to-day -day pleasures and joy that I'm experiencing that's with really my good. family yep. because I'm so consumed with yeah. a a comment on Facebook that mm. rubbed me the wrong way. It's hard to be present when we're offended, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just steals our concentration. That's good. So that theme of make room yeah. is is really present yeah. here. Yeah, make room not just in your physical life, but in your yeah. heart and in your minds and in your thoughts That's for good. God to take, take over good. there. Yeah. So, yeah. so now we understand why yep. we need to love the hard to love. Now let's get into the how. Yeah. How are we supposed to love the hard to love? Um, Paul says in verse 17, do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And so I wanted to dig into, you know, what does this right look like? You know, do what is right. Yeah. Okay, what does that mean right. to do what is right? How do we love the hard to love? Um, and in, in verse 18, Paul says, it's if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with mm. everyone. So loving the hard to love requires us to live at peace with everyone. And that is how we do right in the eyes of That's God, good. right? And in the eyes of everyone. And he's saying everyone. Right. That's not just people. It's comprehensive. Yeah. It's yeah. not just people who you like and right. enjoy and are friends with. It's And I think this is in here because Paul knows that we are going to encounter people in our lives that are yeah. hard to love. Yeah. And that's why we have these instructions. We don't need instructions for how to love people that we love, true. that we want to love, it's true. right? We need to, we need instructions for how to do things that we don't want to do. Right. Um, and so I'm going to jump up just a little bit um, into verse 10 yes. um, and just talk a little bit about the reasons why or how we, how we do right in the eyes of everyone. Okay. Paul says in verse 10, be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. You know, being at peace with everyone, it requires humility. Mm. It requires putting others first and, yes. and yourself last. Right. You know, if someone's well-being matters more to you than your own, it's going to be a lot harder for you to want to inflict any kind of pain or punishment on right. them. Right. If I care more about you yeah. and who you are as yeah. a person and your well-being than I do about my own agenda, right. it's going to be really hard for me to hang on to the punishment that I want to inflict, yes. if that makes sense, yes. right? So Paul continues in verse 12. He says, you know, be joyful in hope. And this is where I really, I, I love what he says. He says, mm. be patient in affliction. So good. Again, he knows we're going to face affliction. Yep. So the instruction is be patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. You know, we may have a hard time letting go of our anger. But at least we can pray for our anger to subside. Mm. And I don't know about you, but whenever I'm struggling with something, when I bring it to God in prayer, I start to give that back to him. It's almost right. like the the fire just kind of starts to, to diffuse, right? And to yes. go out the pressure that I'm feeling. Yes. It's taking a breath of air when That's I just good. say, okay, God, this is what's bothering me. I'm going to just give this up to you. I'm going to lay it down at your feet. It's not mine to have anymore. Right. I'm going to make room for you to step in here. That's good. Immediately that, not immediately, but I will say that I do experience this kind of, this lightning load, mm. right? And so we can pray for our 
for patience in that fire. And God wants to take that from us. And, you know, we may have a hard time holding our tongue, but we can pray for patience and gentleness in how we should speak and how we should use our words. And if you know anything about the New Testament, there's a lot to, yes, there's, <laughs> to say. There's a lot in there about there's self-control. There's a lot in there about there. self-control and yeah. our words and our tongue and, and all of that. So, you know, we may have a hard time feeling hopeful in circumstances that that will never change. Right. And, and I, it, it's very a reality that our, some circumstances in our lives may never change on this side of heaven. That's true. We may never experience full restoration in a relationship with somebody on this side of heaven. Um, you know, maybe it never will happen, but we can ask the, the Lord to, to restore our joy That's good. on this side of heaven, yes. in this relationship, in this circumstance, even when everything else around us would say otherwise, you shouldn't be, yes. you know, friendly. You shouldn't forgive that person. You shouldn't, you know, have peace with that person. Mm. But God is saying, give that back to me. Yes. This is the peace I have for you because, like I said, he wants more and better for you yes. in this life than That's to hold good. on to that. Um, so we have to live at peace with others. But I think really where that begins is finding peace within ourselves first. That's good. So so, so as, as we're kind of in the home stretch here, tell, yeah. tell me if, if, if there is something else. So people that are watching yeah. right t- tonight— and, uh, and are facing a situation, and, and, and we've been unpacking the text for them a little bit, is what's maybe a, a, a final thought you would share with them, maybe one or two things where you would say what's something practical they yeah. can do to love the, love the unlovable. Yeah. Well, in this text, Paul says in um, verse 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him drink. Wow. It doesn't get more clear than no, that, right? It Loving the hard to love requires that we um, surprise our enemy with the mm. unexpected. I recently um, just exp- uh, went to this conference where they were talking about loving your enemy. And I thought this was so relevant to what I was studying when I was there. Um, and she gave everybody a $10 bill. And said, go surprise your enemy wow. with a gift card. Wow. It could be anybody, yeah. you know, or, or just drop them 10 bucks, whatever. I'm glad I didn't get a gift card for $10 yeah. from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, just want you to know, right? If anybody knows. That's great. <laughs> you know, but just surprise, you know, again, that idea yes. of when you pour water on a fire, mm. what happens? Yeah. It extinguishes. And so when you pour the exact opposite mm. of evil on a situation, it's going to diffuse and change. And so find a way to love your enemy in a way they wouldn't expect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they're if they're hungry, if somebody in your life is um, knows that they're in a in a, a conflict with you, right? And then you make them a meal, yeah. Or you give them a birthday gift. Wow. Think about the kind of message good, that might Amy. send. I'm going to love you even though this is hard. Yes. And that's how Jesus loves us. <laughs> it wasn't easy for him to get on the cross. It's he, he loves us even through. He loved us in the hardest way possible mm. to love somebody. And to love us. So um, that phrase, if, if you want a catchphrase to take home tonight, kill them with kindness. Yeah. You know, t- see what happens. That's you know, I've good. seen it. I've seen it done. I've experienced it myself. And it, and it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't lose in the end by leaving the world a kinder place, right? right. Than, than, than where we found That's it. Right. And so um, I think we can agree that this text uh, your observations, Paul continuing to write throughout the New Testament, is constantly reminding us that the character of Christ tends to move in the opposite direction of human inclination. That's right. 
and uh, and we all suffer and struggle with yeah. that, do, do yeah. we not? And so, so we, Amy and I, just want to say thank you for yes. sharing your Saturday with yeah. us. Thank you for um, having me. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And 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 then if you are in a situation uh, where you feel like you're having to love the unlovable, maybe your situation is is more on the other end of the scale where there's been harm or abuse, then then we would say it's okay to have questions. Absolutely. Um, you can always reach out to me, somebody here on our pastoral team. Uh, if you have a, a therapist talking to your counselor, uh, that's an important part of, of the process too. Um, it, it's, it's okay to take it and, 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 and weigh it and, and ask hard questions, Absolutely. ask hard questions. Yeah. And then also for tonight, especially if you want prayer, then you could, there's a, a button that you can pick. You can go into a private chat uh, with one of our hosts and they would love to pray with you, especially if you're in a situation where you're having to love someone who's hard to love. We'll see you next week.